guys, and welcome to the Moms and Mysteries podcast, a true crime podcast featuring myself, Mandy, and my dear friend, Melissa. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Mandy. How are you? I'm good. I don't want to say I'm spiraling because it's already halfway through February, but I am spiraling. <laughs> Wait, spiraling because of February? I don't know. We're like, don't even get me. Let's okay. Just to be fair, <laughs> it's raining all day today. It's raining tomorrow. So, and the weather's like nice as far as like the temperature. It would be so nice to like kind of go for a walk or be outside or anything, but it's raining. So I get like, I get a little bit of uneasiness today today yeah maybe it's just today i think you're you might be right it might just be a today thing because it has been just like dreary and dark and not snowing which i know other places are getting so have fun with that uh we just get the rain (laughs) so it's just cold and damp and dark yeah (laughs) yeah you know i think that's it i think you're spiraling today so that was the weather report for this week (laughs) um mandy we're gonna talk love is blind at the end if you don't like that that's okay you don't have to listen to it but it's back baby it's back it's back it's back they just keep coming and they don't stop coming (laughs) what is that all-star smash mouth did you smash mouth this reference okay (laughs) it's true though um even my husband noticed he was like oh love is blind is on again i was like yeah i think they're doing it like three times a year now so I don't Honestly. know. I don't know what's happening, but people are signing up, and they are. They I are saw getting Love on is the Blind. <laughs> Sweden is on there. Like they just have Brazil. Them. They're all yeah. over. It's international, worldwide, baby. <laughs> now that sounds like Mr. Worldwide Pitbull. So enough with the references, Mandy. Do you want to get into this week's episode? Absolutely. The story this week is very unique. I think that's a good word for the story. This is. The type of story that we have this week is something that we have never talked about on the show before and hopefully we'll never talk about again because it's truly one of the most just horrific stories I think I've ever heard in my entire life. On August 2nd, 2015, a frantic 911 call came into the Franklin County, Ohio dispatch. A woman on the other end could be heard kind of incoherent and she was screaming into the phone that there was someone on fire at a Speedway gas station in Gahana. Officers made their way to the scene where they expected to find a small fire and maybe somebody that was mildly injured, but that's not at all what they found. What they actually found was a very disturbing scene that was quickly deemed suspicious. A young woman was on the ground in critical condition after being completely engulfed in flames, and a man was on the scene with burns to his lower half. After speaking with witnesses, officers learned the grim truth. The man, Michael Slager, had just doused his girlfriend, Judy Malinowski, in gasoline and intentionally lit her on fire. All of this happened in broad daylight while witnesses looked on in horror. When he realized that other people were in fact watching, Michael ran for a fire extinguisher and started trying to help Judy. A gas station on a busy street corner in the middle of the day just didn't seem like the location for an attempted murder, but the more investigators found out about the situation, the more shocked they became by this gut-wrenching story. Judy Hensel was born on August 26, 1983, to parents Thomas and Bonnie. The first tragedy that struck Judy was the loss of her father in 1997, when she was just 13 years old. Despite this major change in her life, Judy was known for her friendly and outgoing personality. She was active in numerous social and community activities and was actually crowned homecoming queen at New Albany High School. 
she also went on to win the title of Miss New Albany. Even though Judy was beautiful on the outside, her mom believed it was really her beautiful personality that ultimately got her picked to represent New Albany. Judy's passion and love for others made everyone who knew her feel special, and she had a knack for making people smile with her quick wit. She graduated from high school in 2001 and went on to attend Ohio State University. She married a man named Ron Malinowski, and together the couple had two daughters before the marriage ultimately fell apart due to Ron's infidelity. The couple separated but remained legally married. The next tragedy to strike Judy came when she was a young adult when she found out that she had ovarian cancer. She was able to beat the cancer with treatment, but unfortunately the cancer returned in 2006 when Judy was still just 23 years old. At that point, doctors decided that Judy needed a full hysterectomy to prevent the cancer from returning. Sadly, this would be a turning point in Judy's life as she became dependent and addicted to the pain medication she was prescribed during her recovery. Meanwhile, as Judy was fighting through her health issues, she met and became friends with a man named Michael Slager. Michael was eight years older than her, and he worked in construction. Judy eventually confided in Michael that her husband Ron had been cheating on her, and she told them that they were separated, but they were still married. This friendship between Judy and Michael grew deeper, until eventually Michael told Judy that he loved her, and he had been in love with her for a while. So at this point, Judy and Michael are friends, they're talking, but Michael's actually dating some other women, some of which were Judy's friends, so they decided not to pursue a relationship with each other. Michael ends up going off to prison for a while, but that wasn't the last time Judy would hear from him. At some point, Judy no longer had access to health insurance, and she wasn't able to afford to see a doctor to get her medication, so she unfortunately began using heroin. Her mom, Bonnie, started taking care of Judy's two little girls while Judy went to a private rehab center. After getting sober, Judy was able to start living with her daughters again, and she was really doing better than ever. And that was until Michael Slager re-entered the picture in April of 2005. Michael reached out to Judy on Facebook, and they rekindled their spark and started dating. It's not clear whether Judy knew this or not, but Michael actually had a lengthy criminal history, including some pretty concerning charges. He had multiple convictions for domestic violence, theft, aggravated menacing, assault, sexual battery, stalking, and many more crimes. One look at this guy's rap sheet would lead pretty much anyone to the conclusion that Michael was a very dangerous and unpredictable man. Judy later said that Michael never left her house after their first date. And it wasn't long before she found out that he was insanely abusive. Judy told her sister that Michael had choked her once, and Bonnie, her mom, had seen marks on Judy's face. At some point, Judy's family realized that she had relapsed, which they completely blamed on Michael. They actually thought that he was purposely sabotaging her sobriety and encouraging her to relapse because that way he would have even more control over her. Judy claimed that Michael didn't do drugs, but he bought them for her every single day. Between the period of May to July of 2015, the police received 13 calls, most of which were actually made by Michael. The first time Michael called, it was to report that Judy had taken his car after a fight, but he said that he didn't want to press charges. On May 29th, Judy called the police and told them she thought Michael was going to kill her, but she later said that the detective she spoke to didn't really do anything to help her. 
Investigators later said that Judy was actually too scared to take the help they were offering her because she feared what Michael would do to her if he found out that she was talking to the police. One detective actually later said that the fact that Michael kept calling the police on Judy over and over again was actually a sign of control. They said that he was using the police to maintain this power over Judy. And that makes sense. And it's so sad, but I wouldn't have really thought of that. But really, if you're the one always calling the police, police are coming to respond to you. He feels like he can manipulate the situation. And, you know, what does he say to her? This is just in my own brain, but like the police are listening to me. What what are they going to listen to what you're saying? They're not they don't right. care what you say. That's right. what I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah. And nobody wants to have the police called on them and coming over no. and checking out like, you know, what's going on, especially when these are like false claims that he's just like frivolously calling the police. That would be very definitely an intimidation tactic. Like this guy's sure. going to call the police over here again and like we're going to have a bigger problem. So, yeah, you can totally see how he would use that to manipulate her and keep yeah. her kind of right where he wanted her. The following month, which was June, Judy escaped from Michael and got a hotel room because Michael's violent behaviors just continued to escalate and he had been beating her relentlessly. He ended up tracking her down at this hotel within five or six days and she ultimately ended up going back home with him. At this point, Judy's mom was very concerned about the relationship between Judy and Michael and she put a lot of effort into actually personally trying to help Judy get away from him. On August 1st, Judy and Michael got into a fight over the amount of money that Michael was spending to help Judy get clean again. The next day, Judy learned that a local rehab center had a bed available for her, so she asked Michael to take her there. He drops her off at the facility and he drives off, but he soon turned around and went back. When he got back, he saw that Judy was still outside smoking a cigarette. She actually hadn't gone into the facility yet because she wanted to talk to her mom and her daughters before she checked herself in. Judy was starting to leave the rehab center to go meet with her mom, but then Michael pulled up and she ended up getting into his truck with him and they drove to the gas station so Judy could buy cigarettes. On the way to the gas station, Michael was being honestly his usual abusive self. As Judy put it, he was quote unquote extremely upset with her and they argued back and forth with each other. When Michael got out of the car at the Speedway station to go buy cigarettes, Judy snuck out of the truck and went to hide behind the building. She sat down in a grassy area that separated the back of the Speedway from a neighboring bank. Just as fast as Judy could sit down, Michael came riding around the back of the building in his truck and he slammed it into an abrupt stop when he saw Judy. He got out of the truck and stood on the pavement while Judy stood around five feet away on the grass. Michael was being extremely aggressive. He's yelling obscenities at Judy, calling her all sorts of names and carrying on this argument for about five or 10 minutes before Judy finally had enough and she threw her styrofoam cup full of soda at him. And that's when all hell broke loose. And we still have so much to get into with this story, and we'll do so after a quick break to hear a word from this week's sponsors. For me, online shopping went from a cool convenience I used some of the time to really the only way I shop. And I absolutely love that for me. But while the convenience of online shopping is basically magic, how do you know you're getting what you're seeing on your computer? You read the reviews, right? This week's sponsor, Bowen Branch, can confidently tell you to go right to the reviews. That's because their customers rave over how beautiful and how soft their sheets are. In fact, in a recent customer survey, 96% said that Bowen Branch sheets get softer with every wash. You heard that right. 
Not only are Bolin Branch sheets gorgeous to look at, but they are soft and just get softer. At first, I thought it was a placebo effect the first time I washed them, and I was just thinking that the sheets were softer. But by the third time I washed them, I realized I wasn't just gaslighting myself. They were actually buttery soft, yet somehow still totally breathable. And let me tell you, if you need motivation to do laundry, I promise you knowing your sheets are going to come back even softer really will do it for you. As soon as I unwrapped the Bolin Branch package, I couldn't help but admire the top-notch quality and gorgeous mineral color I chose. These sheets, in the loveliest dark bluish-gray hue, felt so incredibly soft right from the get-go. With a household full of people and pets, and even our new Rolo, our sheets get a lot of love in the laundry. But they still maintain that cozy, lived-in feeling that we all adore. Sleep better at night with the softest sheets from Bowl & Branch. Get 15% off your first order when you use promo code MOMS at bowlandbranch.com. That's bowlandbranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. Promo code MOMS. Exclusion supply. See site for details. I don't know about you, but at my house, falling asleep comes so naturally for my husband. Meanwhile, I feel like I'm playing a game of chess when really I should be playing checkers and just praying that I'll finally fall asleep. It's a common scenario for many people, right? Especially as moms with a million things swirling around in our minds, most of which are probably just the product of our overactive imaginations. But hey, good sleep that's a game changer, whether you're dealing with major sleep issues or just some minor tossing and turning. Let me introduce you to Stellar Sleep, your new best friend when it comes to catching those Zs. Stellar Sleep was created by two pals at Harvard who were tired of tossing and turning with no real help in sight. Sure, there's sleep clinics and quick fixes that don't always work like pills or cutting back on coffee, but Stellar Sleep dives deep into sleep psychology to tackle the root of the problem. And get this, in a study of 500 people, 80% saw major improvements with stellar sleep, adding an average of 74 minutes to their nightly rest and cutting down the time it takes to fall asleep by 53 minutes. What I really appreciate about stellar sleep is its approach. From day one, it encouraged me to push my bedtime limits, which sounded crazy at first, but hey, that's sleep psychology for you. Sometimes you got to outsmart your own brain. Beyond that, I'm learning what's best for me in my sleep. Sleep isn't a one-size-fits-all, and Stellar Sleep really gets that. Learn how to sleep again with Stellar Sleep. Head to stellarsleep.com slash moms for your free seven-day trial and then just $99 per year. Plus, you can cancel any time within the first 30 days for a full refund. Once again, that's stellarsleep.com slash moms for your free seven-day trial, then just $99 per year. And now back to the episode. Before the break, we were getting into some of the details of the tumultuous relationship between a young mom named Judy Malinowski and a man named Michael Slager. We have been discussing how Judy has been struggling with some substance abuse issues, and she was on her way to rehab when she stopped at a Speedway gas station with her boyfriend, Michael Slager, and the two of them got into an argument that led to Judy throwing a cup of soda at him. After Michael was drenched in soda, his aggression towards Judy went from terrible to truly, truly horrific. He ran around the bed of his truck and grabbed a can of gasoline that he kept there and started coming towards Judy with it. She tried to run from him, but ended up tripping and falling to the ground. Michael walked right up to Judy and started pouring gas over the top of her head. This even caused some of the gasoline to get into Judy's mouth and throat. As Judy was screaming and begging for him to stop, Michael just kept saying things to her like, 
you want to throw something on me? See what I'll do to you. And taunting her, you know, just saying things like, how do you like that? After he dumped the gasoline all over Judy, Michael backed away for about 30 seconds and Judy tried to gather up her things and fix an issue that she was having with her shoe. All the while, she was pleading with Michael to help her and she promised that she would get back in his truck and would leave with him. But Michael just pulled a lighter out of his pocket and started walking towards her. Judy continued to cry and beg for help, but she couldn't actually get up because of this issue that she was having with her shoe. Moments later, Michael bent down and deliberately lit Judy on fire. Judy's entire body was instantly engulfed in flames, which she later described as being the worst burning you could ever feel in your life. She said it was like a thousand hot needles just penetrating all over her. Judy begged Michael to help her, but she said his eyes just went black and he stared at her with a blank and evil stare. She instinctually tried to get the fire off of her face, but she was unsuccessful. So she eventually buried her face in the grass and tried to remove her sweatshirt in an attempt to get all this gasoline off of her, but nothing was working to put out these flames. Soon, Judy lost her sight, and she was only able to hear voices that she felt were coming from really far away, and at that point, she said she just started praying to God, and then she blacked out, only to wake up in the hospital in critical condition. Judy later learned that witnesses had called 911 to report that Michael had set her on fire and that she was staggering around in the grass. These witnesses also told police that after Michael poured gas on Judy, he walked back to his truck as if he was just going to leave, but then he stomped over to her and lit her on fire. And when these witnesses started making a scene, Michael ran to get a fire extinguisher. Michael did sustain some minor burn injuries in the process of trying to extinguish the fire that was engulfing Judy, but unfortunately, he did make a full recovery. The extent of Judy's injuries was incredibly severe. She had third and fourth degree burns covering over 90% of her body. She was completely unrecognizable, which is something the hospital staff had to warn her family of before they could see her. Doctors told Bonnie that she wouldn't even recognize her daughter. Bonnie later said they were right. She said Judy didn't even look like a human being, but all she could see was her baby and that Judy was still alive. When Judy's sister saw her for the first time after the fire, she actually vomited and nearly passed out. Doctors told Bonnie that it was very possible that Judy wouldn't survive more than a few hours. But Judy hung on and stayed alive. She was in a coma for the first seven months, and then she was alert, although still confined to the hospital for the next 15 months or so. During this time in the hospital, Judy underwent dozens of surgeries, including multiple skin grafts. She completely lost her ears, fingers on her left hand, her hair, eyelashes, eyebrows, and most of her sight. She was scarred from head to toe. She was unable to walk and could barely speak due to her airway being burned so badly. Throughout all of these surgeries and procedures, Judy actually coded seven different times and had to be brought back to life. But according to Michael, this whole thing is just an accident. He tells WBNS-TV that Judy had gotten gasoline on herself while she was filling the truck up, and when he went to light a cigarette for her, she went up in flames. He said that he himself was hurt in the process of trying to help her. That part might enrage me more than any of the other stupid for things that real. he said. For real, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm a victim, too. So police thought he was lying right off the bat because 
they have brains. And because of the damage to Judy, it was so extensive. There's just no other way that this could have happened except the way they thought happened. So sure enough, investigators are right. And they're able to obtain video footage to prove it. In this video, which was taken from the bank next door to the Speedway, Michael can be seen pouring gas from a red can over Judy's head. He walks off screen for 32 seconds before returning. He can clearly be seen bending down and intentionally lighting Judy on fire. It was noted that Michael only went to get a fire extinguisher when a witness showed up and started, you know, yelling for help and trying to get her some help. That's when he's like, oh, I guess I could go get a fire extinguisher, but he wasn't If nobody showed up, he would have done nothing. So investigators knew that if they were going to build a case against Michael, they would really need to be able to speak with Judy to see if she could tell them, you know, a little bit more and hopefully tell them who had done this to her. As we mentioned, Judy was fighting for her life at the hospital and was under extremely heavy sedation. She would need to be brought out of this sedation to even be able to speak with the police and for their conversation to hold any weight in the legal system because that's, you know, one of the things you have to be of sound mind and sober, not in an altered state, to be able to give this type of information. Right. So the lead detective on the case later said that he had never seen trauma like Judy's before on somebody who hadn't passed away. Most others, he said, that were in this condition, like you wouldn't even have the opportunity to try and speak with them. Judy didn't even have ears anymore, so the investigator wasn't sure if she would even be able to hear him, but thankfully, she could. He asked Judy if she had spilled gas on herself, and she was able to shake her head no. When she was asked if Michael spilled the gas on her, she shook her head yes, and that was all they needed to get the ball rolling with really starting this investigation against Michael. When officers went to Michael's hospital room to give him an interview, they told him straight up that they knew what really happened. And Michael told them it wasn't what it looked like. And he told them the story about how they were arguing and then Judy threw her drink on him and spit in his face. He told her that if she was going to ruin his clothes, then he was going to ruin hers. And that's when he started dumping the gas on her. He claimed that he wasn't doing this with the intention of setting her on fire. He said he just wanted to ruin her clothes. And he said, you know, at some point, Judy sat down and asked him to bring her a cigarette. So he walked over to give her a light, and that was it. That's when she went up in flames. My issue here is, like, anybody, I don't care if you're smart or not smart, any – that would never happen because anybody who's just had gasoline dumped all over them isn't going to say, hey, I want to smoke a cigarette. Like, she's not – You're going to be panicked. Right. You know what's going to happen. Like, that's obviously. Um, So investigators didn't believe the story at all. They thought, you know, he truly was trying to kill Judy, but they still had to build their case. They were basically playing the waiting game because, you know, unfortunately, the doctors were saying they were really expecting Judy to pass at any time. And then, you know, after she passed, then officials would be able to file murder charges. But as we said... Weeks went by and that didn't happen. Judy was still alive. So investigators had to switch tactics. They decided to charge Michael with aggravated arson, felonious assault, and possession of criminal tools. On the morning that they were supposed to begin jury selection, Michael pleaded no contest to both of these charges. And he was subsequently sentenced to the maximum of 11 years. 
His attorney explained the reason for their decision to take this plea was to actually preserve Michael's rights in the event of more serious charges, such as murder charges. And pleading guilty to these first charges prevented Judy from testifying, which she would be expected to do during a trial. And Judy's mom, Bonnie, actually took this as an insult because she said, you know, Michael doing this and taking this plea and just taking this 11 years, which seems like nothing, um, was basically Michael silencing, you know, Judy again, not giving her the opportunity to even be heard. So at this time, Judy was still in the hospital. And doctors, as I said, were saying it was unlikely that she was ultimately going to survive these injuries. It was really a matter of when, uh, not if she was going to pass away. And the prosecutors vowed to pursue murder charges against Michael if and when that happened. You know what's amazing to me about the 11 years? He had a violent criminal record. Like, how many times do we hear that where it's like, well, it was less of a sentence because, you know, they had never gotten in trouble with the law before. This guy had a ton of stuff on his rap sheet. It's amazing to me that they're still like... And not just stuff, but violence against women. He Mm -hmm. has, like, domestic abuse, sexual assault, stalking. Like, these are all things already prior to this. the worst. Exactly. And now he does something like this and he gets 11 years, like... That that part never makes sense to me. There's a lot of times in cases where I'm like, how do they like, right? How do they not have something else? Because I understand that for the crimes he was being charged with, like that was the maximum sentence. But it's like, how do they not have the ability to to add things based on what your you know your past looks like? Because yeah, you're right. That's Especially just crazy. if they can take it off for less when they say, well, there was no, uh, there's no criminal record or whatever. And right. this is the first time they're in the system. Okay, but what, what about this? Because right. this is absolutely wild to me. So, of course, prosecutors were upset that Michael was given just 11 years, but there really was nothing they could do about it at that time. They knew they could not let him get away with murder, so they just continued to work at building this case against him. Judy was also extremely angry, as you'd imagine, when she learns about this 11-year sentence. So even though it was the maximum sentence for the charges being considered, it just didn't seem fair. And Judy's family said it best when they said that Judy got a life sentence. Why should Michael be free after 11 years? Judy told 10TV that she thought Michael deserved a life sentence for the arson. She said that what she had been through was horrible and that no human being or any creature that breathes air should ever have to go through the pain of being set on fire. Judy also said that her daughters were her motivation to keep living and said that while she hoped to one day be able to return home to them, she also feared being an embarrassment due to her appearance. That broke my heart because you still... It breaks my heart from both sides, right? Like as a mom and as a child, because you understand that from a mom's perspective. But as like a kid, all you want is your mom. So like you don't care. You know, just uh, the story just breaks my heart like so many ways. I know it's so awful. So Judy said she wants women everywhere to hear her story and to learn from it. She wants women to know that if they are in an abusive relationship, to find help and to be able to get out. TinTV also spoke to Bonnie and asked about Judy's recovery and how things were going. Bonnie told them the doctors were saying that she would likely not survive. Bonnie spoke about the tough questions that Judy's daughters had been asking, such as whether or not their mom was going to die and when the doctors would make Judy look like their mom again. It's unimaginable. Truly, this story is probably the most unimaginable one we've ever talked about. On December 15th, Judy underwent her 52nd surgery, where doctors tried to skin graft her shoulders and backside. 
but this surgery was unsuccessful due to Judy having difficulty with sustained breathing. So she ended up in the ICU and on a ventilator. Four days later, she goes back into surgery again to skin graft her back. But this surgery resulted in yet another complication, which was a nasty infection. On December 22nd, Ohio Senator Jim Hughes met with Judy's mom to discuss introducing legislation that would give judges the option of longer sentences for assaults that leave victims maimed, disfigured, or disabled. And this bill eventually did become Judy's law. And we still have more to get into after one last break to hear a word from this week's sponsors. I don't know about you, but when I wake up feeling exhausted, I'm immediately perturbed. I literally just woke up, yet somehow I'm still sleepy. It's really the worst. My mind loves to race at night, and when this happens, which is pretty regularly, it can ruin my productivity for the day. When all you can think about is sleep, sweet sleep, it's hard to get all the other things finished that need to be done. But thanks to adding magnesium breakthrough to my nightly routine, I'm able to quiet my brain and get the best night's sleep ever. There's a lot of magnesium supplements out there, and you may have even tried some. But those supplements only give you one to two forms of magnesium. Meanwhile, Magnesium Breakthrough gives you all seven forms of magnesium that were literally designed to calm your brain and help you fall and stay asleep. It turns out that over 75% of the population is magnesium deficient, which could explain our overall dependence on caffeine. But thanks to Magnesium Breakthrough, on top of getting a relaxed night's sleep, it also helps improve digestion, supports muscle recovery, and supports healthy bone density. It's like the icing on the icing on the cake that is Magnesium Breakthrough. Nurture your mind and body with this all-natural, full-spectrum magnesium supplement. Go to bioptimizers.com slash moms and use promo code moms during checkout to save 10%. Just because the calendar says February doesn't mean the heat isn't already here in Florida. But thanks to Lumi Whole Body Deodorant, you can feel and smell your freshest from top to bottom. Literally. Lumi was designed by an OBGYN with one thing in mind, to control odor everywhere on your body, including your pits, privates, and beyond. On top of that, it works for a whopping 72 hours. Lumi is aluminum-free, baking soda-free, and paraben-free. Plus, it's pH balanced, so it's safe to use below the belt. But one of my favorite things about Lumi is that it's not trying to mask odors, but is formulated to stop odors before they start, making it more like a pre-odorant. If you haven't tried Lumi before, a great way to start is with their starter packet. It comes with everything you need. One of my favorite parts of the starter packet were the deodorant wipes. They're perfect for a day on the go or just to have on hand when you need them. Lumi offers all different application options, including solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, and the deodorant wipes I love. So you'll find one that works great for you. Lumi starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice like mini body wash and deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for our listeners, new customers get 15% off all Lumi products with our exclusive code and link. That's over 40% off their starter pack too. Use code MOMS for 15% off your first purchase at lumideodorant.com. L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com. It's been a while since I've had a baby of my own, and some days I miss it so much. The baby cuddles and baby smiles, but when it comes to diaper rashes... Not so much. I remember the first time my oldest had a diaper rash, I was really devastated. Here's this tiny thing totally dependent on me, and now she's fussy and obviously uncomfortable, and I'm supposed to have the answers. Well, with time and treatment, it went away, but what I really wanted was to avoid it altogether. And now, baby butts rejoice. 
New Huggies Skin Essentials are here, a brand new dermatologist-approved line of diapers, wipes, and pull-ups training pants, all designed with baby's sensitive skin in mind. The wipes are thick and have zero harsh ingredients for a great, gentle clean. Pull-Up Skin Essentials has got your big kid covered, too, with a training pant that's ultra-soft and breathable to help protect sensitive skin throughout potty training. Whether you're a first-time parent or a seasoned pro, make it easy on yourself and your baby with Huggies. Learn more at Huggies.com. Once again, head to Huggies.com to learn more. And now back to the episode. We have been talking about the story of Judy Malinowski, who was set on fire by her boyfriend, Michael Slager, at a gas station in broad daylight. And she survived this initial attack and has been fighting for her life in the hospital. At this point, Michael has pled no contest to two charges related to the arson. And he was given what was the maximum sentence for those charges, which was just 11 years. But of course, prosecutors and Judy herself are very upset with this. And they are still trying to do everything they can to build a case because Doctors are expecting that Judy will pass away, and the prosecutors are intent on bringing murder charges when that happens. By January of 2017, Judy knew that she was losing the battle for her life, and she felt that she was going to pass away very soon. Her body had started shutting down, and the doctors were agreeing that signs were pointing towards her imminent death. The prosecution had looked into Ohio laws and learned that there was really nothing preventing a testimony from being filmed in advance if it was believed that the person would be dying before trial. But at the same time, nothing like that had ever been done before. Because this was the first time a murder victim would be giving testimony for their killer's trial, it would really just be up to the judge to make the final decision on whether or not this would be allowed. Judy gladly agreed and wanted to give her testimony against Michael. Despite her very fragile state, she was ready to do whatever she had to do. She feared that Michael would live to hurt someone else if he was ever let out of prison, and she really wanted her story to be heard. The judge thankfully decided to allow Judy's recorded testimony to be used in the murder trial in the event of her death. But this testimony would be sealed until it was needed in court, which I think that's fair, This is such an unusual case, but of course, having Judy's testimony, if she does pass away, is going to be so valuable and important for the prosecution. So I feel like this is, it's definitely one of those very unique situations. And obviously, it's going to be on a case by case basis. But I think that's fair that they were going to allow her to film it and they would just not look at it. It would just be sealed until it was needed. Legal experts said that this development in the case was a first for Ohio, if not a first for the entire nation. Michael tried to say that he had a right to be in the room while Judy testified because he wanted to cross-examine her himself, but the judge overruled this motion and said nobody was allowed in the room with Judy while she was giving her testimony, which, oh my gosh, I just can't just even another believe way to they control. tried. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in preparation for testifying, Judy had to spend weeks being weaned off her pain medication down to at least a point where she could prove to a judge that she was of sound mind, like we were talking about earlier. And as you can imagine, this was excruciating for her. These burns are covering 90% of her body. She's in pain literally everywhere. And there's videos of her sobbing and saying, you know, she didn't want to do this, but she had to. 
On January 26th, Judy spent three hours giving her testimony against Michael. She had to use a speaking valve over her trachea for this session, which was recorded from her hospital bed over a video call. Judy answered questions from prosecutors and the defense. She did have some difficulty remembering the smaller and more minute details of the day, but she was able to speak very clearly about the timeline of the attack itself. Judy testified that Michael's claim that the fire was an accident was a complete lie. She said the truth was that Michael had doused her in gasoline starting from her head and working his way down as she was on the ground. She talked about this horrible feeling of having gasoline going down her throat and the way she remembered crying out for help. She said as soon as the gas on her skin met the flame of Michael's lighter, she thought for sure she was dying and she just started praying for herself and her children. Judy's testimony was truly heartbreaking. Uh, We watched a documentary on this case called The Fire That Took Her, and you can find that on Amazon. And it had a lot of footage of Judy in the hospital, including footage of some of this testimony. And as Melissa was saying, this honestly is one of the saddest and most hard to watch things like I have ever seen in in a true crime story. For sure. It's definitely a unique look into what a victim of something like this is actually going through and you get to see a lot of footage of Judy in her hospital bed and just hearing her talk about, you know, everything that's happened. And another thing on that is the family side of things, like hearing from her mom, hearing from her daughter's very, very honest conversations that are very hard and hearing all of them discussing it together. Like it's a it's a must watch, I think. Like, I feel like everyone should watch this, yeah. but you've got to be in the right headspace to watch it and just know it's going to break your heart. Absolutely. So, Judy testified that she remembered screaming for Michael to help her, but he was just staring at her with this evil look. She actually described it as being the worst look she had ever seen. She further said, quote, I don't think words can describe what it feels like to have your whole body set on fire. I can remember fire on my face and eyes. I can remember screaming for help. I can remember looking over and seeing him standing there staring at me. For Judy, waking up in the hospital was really a horrible thing because she said she just woke up every single day feeling the exact same way. Even if one thing healed or got better, another thing would hurt. So every day was a struggle and she just had to constantly remind herself, you know, why she was even fighting. When Michael's defense got to cross-examine Judy, they asked her a lot of questions pertaining to her drug dependency problems and the things that she had done while she was using drugs. And of course, this is being done in an effort to paint her as less of a victim, which of course would be incredibly hard for anyone in Judy's position because no matter what your past is, you don't deserve to be doused in gasoline and set on fire. No. But she answered all these questions honestly, even if they didn't flatter her. As her mom Bonnie put it, Judy wasn't perfect, but she was human. At the end of the deposition, the prosecutor asked Judy to state what she thought should happen to Michael if she were to die from these burns that he inflicted. And Judy said that she thought Michael should be charged with murder and should be given a life sentence. Judy continued to fight for another few months, but in May of 2017, she was moved to a palliative care center. By that time, she'd gone through 59 surgeries, but her body was just giving out. On June 27th, 33-year-old Judy passed away from organ failure. Her mom, Bonnie, was by her side when she passed. 
Judy had been in the hospital for 696 days and had endured more than anyone could fathom. Bonnie later told People Magazine that doctors told them in the beginning that this would be the hardest journey of their lives, and Bonnie said that was an understatement. On the same day that Judy passed away, the Ohio Senate adopted Judy's law, which Bonnie said gave them a glimmer of sun and happiness at an otherwise very dark time. Judy's law dictates that offenders who use an accelerant to harm or disfigure someone would get an additional six years added to their sentence. If this had been a law when Michael was convicted of setting Judy on fire, he could have been given a maximum of 17 years, which still isn't really long enough, but it is better than 11. Two months after Judy died, the governor held a ceremony where he and Judy's two daughters signed Judy's law. Her girls were 10 and 13 at this time, and they told 10TV that their mom was really brave and her legacy would never die. Meanwhile, prosecutors were working to bring murder charges against Michael. Once Judy's cause of death was officially ruled to be the result of Michael's attack, he was charged with her murder. A grand jury was told that Michael was eligible for the death penalty. Law and Crime reported that on July 5th, 2018, the day before his trial was to begin, Michael took a deal where he pleaded guilty to aggravated murder. As a result, the death penalty was taken off the table and he was sentenced to life without parole. Michael actually wanted to plead no contest, but prosecutors thankfully wouldn't allow it. They said if he's taking a deal, he has to plead guilty. Michael ended up admitting to dousing Judy in gasoline and setting her on fire with a cigarette lighter. He blamed his bipolar disorder and intermittent explosive disorders, stating that they caused him to have inappropriate overreactions to altercations. Judy's testimony was played at the hearing, making her the first person to ever testify in her own murder trial. Bonnie told the court that Judy didn't want Michael to face the death penalty because she was a forgiving person. Judy said on video that she wanted Michael to receive a life sentence. Bonnie even spoke directly to Michael and said, quote, she didn't want you to die. She suffered 700 days. They did 60 surgeries with no skin on 90% of her body. None. It was just bloody, raw ligaments and muscle. She wasn't even breathing at the scene. And she fought. And she suffered beyond what anybody could imagine. End quote. Bonnie said the only way to understand her daughter's pain was to picture a burn from a stone and then to multiply it over one's entire body. She said the only amount of medication necessary to alleviate her daughter's pain would have been a lethal dose. Wow. Michael did offer a brief apology to Judy's family and friends, which Bonnie later said you know, she truly deep down wanted to believe was a genuine apology. At the end of it all, the judge told Michael that despite all of Judy's suffering, she still gave the sentencing recommendation of life in prison rather than death. And that was proving that Judy was showing more compassion for Michael than he had ever shown to her. Michael was sent to the Southern Ohio Correctional Facility, which he has no chance of being released from. Judy's family actually created a foundation in her name, which assists individuals and families suffering from domestic violence, drug abuse, and human trafficking, and they offer support and act as a resource for victims and their families. But they also work to achieve nationwide awareness of these problems through social media, books, seminars, videos, and documentaries. The foundation is currently working closely with first responders and the courts to develop technology that will assist with dealing with domestic abusers, especially when they have repeat offenses. 
They're also fighting to expand Judy's law into other states with the goal of one day having it become a federal statute. So that's the law that says if you use an accelerant, you know, then you can have an extra six years added onto your sentence. And they're working to design and create Judy's house, which will be a safe place for single moms like Judy and their children to help address the trauma and disruption of domestic violence. So if you would like to follow Judy's foundation, you can find them on Facebook at facebook.com slash judysfoundation.org. And we will also link that in our show notes. And if you are experiencing domestic violence, call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233 or go to thehotline.org. All calls are toll-free and confidential, and the hotline is available 24-7 in more than 170 languages. Melissa, as um, we have kind of said, this is really just one of the harder stories I think we've covered just because... I think because of the amount of suffering that Judy had to go through just for months being in the hospital and dealing with the pain and all the injuries and literally fighting for her life, her trachea was burned. I mean, this woman had, there was not one part of her that felt normal for the last several months of her life. And that part is just really heartbreaking to think about somebody suffering to that level. Yeah. And then even when she has the choice and saying what she wants him to have, she doesn't want him to be killed she like still even though he clearly wanted to kill her she still says i i don't want that for him like to be able to do that and to be able to be in that kind of pain just blows my mind i have so much respect for her and her family and what really makes me sad is she was heading to rehab like she was yeah trying to get her life on track she you know this was the step that she really needed she loved her kids she loved her mom like obviously things had been difficult for her and she had made some choices that she probably you know wish she could change but she was she was trying she was doing the right thing and it's i don't know it was so hard because every time you'd see her talk on the in the documentary you can just see someone in pain like it's it's hard to even see someone speaking knowing they're hurting that much like and that's every second every moment of those months right oh yeah and like you said you know and of course and we all make choices that we wish we could undo but unfortunately you know and there's just a lot in this case there really is a lot of layers to it and it's very unfortunate that that happens to so many people who have an injury where they're put on a pain medication, like yeah. our pain management program, that people do get addicted. And um, this is this was literally uh, cancer. I mean, yeah, she had cancer exactly. twice before this. How does somebody go? Th- I mean, right, it happens just, literally to ugh. anyone, it can happen to yeah. literally anyone. So oh, it's, yeah. it's not like a special type of person that gets addicted to pain medicine after no. they have a, you know, a surgery or something. This really happens to regular people all the time. You know, it's just the whole story. It really just truly from beginning to end is like one of the saddest things I've ever heard about. Yeah, Truly, but it is a great way to support Judy and her foundation and her family by checking out, you know, the Facebook page and seeing if you'd like to get involved, how you can get involved. And that's a great way to keep her memory alive. Definitely. So yes, please go check that out. Melissa, before we get out of here for the week, let's turn the page and just do a quick rundown of our thoughts. We're changing chapters. We're changing books. This is a whole different thing. So if that story was a lot, which it was a lot, and you don't want to stick around, that is okay. But anyway, if you want to stay, stay. If not, we understand. 
Okay, Mandy, we are in somehow season six of Love is Blind. Is that all? Why do I feel like this is like season 10? <laughs> okay, maybe you're right. I don't know. Um, I feel like for it some is reason season I thought six, six, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Mandy, do you have any initial thoughts? Like, are you feeling positive about people in this? this I actually first? like, okay, I will say for the most part, I like the group they got this time. Okay. Do you don't? Anyone in particular that you like? No, I just think they're at least more interesting people than what... Sure. You know, and they're like different. I feel like, I don't know, something about this group is different. It doesn't feel so influencer heavy, I would say that, right? Mm -hmm. And nothing wrong with being an influencer. Right. But this feels like people in like various careers, different things. They do. They have a single mom. They have like... I forget. There was somebody else on there that was like a unique one. Oh, they have somebody on there who's been married before. I feel like they haven't had those two things before. They usually have just had single people that are looking for their first marriage. I feel like I like that too, because that's a little bit more realistic in, in real life, you know? Yeah, I agree. But you know what I really want them to do before we get into this? I want them to make like a 40 plus group. Absolutely. Like people maybe that have already found love, lost love, trying it again. I think that would be like a really great connection kind of thing because some of these people are like 23 and there's nothing wrong with that but like this might be the first love in your life and right you haven't been through enough you haven't been through enough (laughs) yeah we're old we've been through it um okay mandy so i just kind of picked down i won't say them in order because i don't want to mess you up because i've gone through a couple more episodes than you and so guys we're not really giving spoilers but here's some of the top people that have been introduced to us. It's not going to be everybody. So you mentioned the single mom. That is Jessica, and she is a sales associate or an executive assistant. Why did I say sales associate? Mandy, any thoughts on Jessica? I really like her. I think she's really sweet, and I think she's a genuine person. Why are you looking at me so crazy? Because I'm further than you are. Okay. Um, well, I can't I can't be held responsible for saying things that if I haven't seen anything true, yet. True, true. So I don't know. I, I liked her. I like okay. her. For she makes now. a comment about an EpiPen <laughs> later that really makes me mad, but that's not even why. But like, that was kind of it for me. Um, just because I have a kid with food allergies. So I will be very sensitive. my ears open to that one. <laughs> you will. Uh, trust me. Yeah. So she's, she, yeah, she's something. Um, she talks about her daughter a lot. And I think she, her daughter's 10, maybe she's 29. She kind of had like a bit of a rough childhood and um, has a few connections in there. I think one of them being with Jimmy. Jimmy. Why is he not even like bringing a bell to me? Oh, let me, I'm going to send you a picture of what Jimmy reminds me of. Those shoes are absolutely. Those shoes with those pants. (laughs) That is such a bad decision. Right, right there. Red flag. I feel like that's the style right now. No socks and high water pants. That's what boys are wearing these days. It's been a long time, but like that's not okay. That one is so (laughs) aggressive for some reason to me. Are they loafers? Is that what you call Yes. (laughs) Yes. I don't know. It just upset me when I saw that. But he's like, okay, so Jimmy is in software sales. He's 28 years old. By the way, this year's uh, season was filmed in Charlotte, North Carolina. So you have some Southern accents, which I enjoy. We have Brittany. She's 25 and a senior client partner. Thoughts on Brittany? She just seems very sweet, but also kind of naive, but very sweet. Isn't she a teacher? She was a teacher. Okay. She looks exactly like you would expect, like the most fun teacher you've ever had to look like. 
kindergarten teacher, right? Yes, like, absolutely. Not, not high school. We're talking young. Definitely not high school. But yes, for little kids. And I feel like if I saw she was going to be my kid's teacher, I would be so happy. I'd be like, Thrilled. oh, you're great. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I like Brittany. She's really, really sweet. She has a very bubbly personality. And um, I just love her. I like that. Oh, good. Okay. A.D. uh, Amber Desiree. She's 33 and a real estate broker. What are you thinking about A.D.? Because I adore her. I adore her, too. I think she has a really good head on her shoulders. And she seems to really know what she wants and also is not going to be taken for a fool. She's not. Laura, she's 34 and she's an account director. I am kind of on the fence undecided about how I feel about Laura. Like, Part of me wants to like her, but then something about her reminds me of like, I don't know, something about her reminds me of like girls that I haven't liked in the past. I feel like that's mean of me to say, but like, I don't know. No, I get it. And I got to be honest, (laughs) you're probably right um, as you go on. She is not my favorite. um, But you know, like one thing I do like about this show is the editing is pretty good in a sense that like people I hate, I end up liking. And yeah, made me like somebody that yeah. I ended up hating. So that yeah. that was rough. Can we talk about my favorite one? The girl who thinks she looks like Megan Fox. Okay, she. This is first the of second all, season where someone she, has said they think they look like Megan Fox. To be fair, she said, "I someone he, something about celebrity people," and she said, "People say I look like." Is it MGK's wife or girlfriend? <laughs> so she wasn't saying she looked like them, but other people have said it. Oh, okay. Ma'am. That's that's tough because that's like Maxim Megan Fox, you know, like right. And this Chelsea is beautiful, like but gorgeous. You don't have to look like Megan Fox, but like you also don't have to say you look like Megan Fox. Yeah, it doesn't. No, she is beautiful, but like that is a different person <laughs> i i was telling my husband like i just would hesitate to ever say or compare myself to any celebrity ever okay but do you know what i used to get the white girl from save the last dance that's always what okay. i got well back when i was in high school i was compared to Lindsay lohan a lot and i actually used to be able to see it but i would never go around being like i look like Lindsay lohan but she did. And that's the thing. She did basically what you and I just did. I said people used to say that and you said people used to say it. So same thing. Yeah. Right? That's true. That's true. I guess we'll just have to agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. <laughs> no, but I like her. She's one that had been married before. Um, and she has a couple suitors in this. She's ready to break somebody's heart. I can't tell you who. Oh, I was going to ask. She definitely breaks somebody's heart. I was going to say, who, who is she going to break? Whose heart she gonna oh, break? I can't tell you. Oh. Um, you're not that far. And oh, your listeners right. probably are. So I'm trying to be nice. Okay, next up is Amy. She's 28, e-commerce specialist. She is bubbly. She is. I think she's very cute. She's cute. I don't really have anything against her. And I do know who she ends up with. So I think they actually yeah. are a good couple. I think they will be – I guess we'll see. But I got good, like, vibes off them. And then their first meeting also was very um, – it seemed, like, genuine. They seemed like they liked each other. Yeah, agree. Okay, so let's go to the men real quick. Okay. Matthew. He's 37. No. He's a senior Something financial advisor. Something is wrong advisor. with this guy. Something is seriously wrong with this guy. Something gets worse with this guy, if you would even believe it. Like, no. he's very not social and, like, asking people, you know, pick a pick a number, one through ten, and that's what question. He has, like, a list of questions. I'll ask you. I couldn't figure out, like, were they just doing the edit weird? Or was he, like, actually walking out on people, like, in the first, like, 30 seconds of talking to them? 
so right. So at first I was like, well, I want to give him a chance because maybe that's an editing thing. Maybe he's just really awkward and we're going to see him come out of his shell. He comes out of his shell to become the devil himself. <laughs> so it's going to get so much worse, Mandy. Oh, so boy. much worse. Oh, boy. Yes. He's he's apparently very into um, what the American people are going to think about him, which is oh, a wild okay. thing Why? to say. Is like, he, like, running for Senate? <laughs> no, no, no. But he's like, he's like uh, you know, he's definitely thought about how he's going to appear on the show and how women should treat him because – Okay. He's like, you know, he's an underdog. So you should like me because I'm an underdog and America loves an underdog. So oh, okay. he thinks everyone's going to like him. Mm-mm. No, you're not. <laughs> Next is my favorite in the group. This is Kenneth. He's 26 and he's a middle school principal. He's so nice. So sweet. He is like definitely my favorite man, I think, too. He's just very, very nice. And I feel like whoever ends up with him is going to be a lucky, lucky lady. And I know who it is. And yes, I'm very happy for them. And they seem like so boring. You could just kick them off for like being so boring and normal. In a positive way. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But that like, probably means they're going to be married for like 60 years. I know. That will be great <laughs> to see. Okay. And then go down to Jimmy and my Jimmy Chews and my Capri Pants. Um, <laughs> 28 software sales. Look at that. Just the way he's standing. Yeah. Mandy? He looks happy. He looks oh. like a happy guy. <laughs> okay, but this is going to be very not nice. But does he look 28 to you? Mm, no. Okay. This, I'm going to say. You could add um, about 10 years to his look. And to his ankles. But, um, <laughs> he, he looks like every baseball player I knew growing up. Like, he looks like he was on the baseball team. I and girls liked it. him because he was on I the baseball team. I could see it. Yeah, I could right? see baseball for sure. Yeah, he's nice. I like that he he's a man who doesn't talk before he thinks, right? He thinks before he says things or reacts to things is what I've yeah. gotten from him. Mm-hmm. So um, I like that. That's unlike the one other guy who's talking to, I believe, AD. We're going to get to him in a minute, I mm-hmm. think. But he seems a little clay like he seems to take like the defense very quickly so that can definitely be a red flag to me in my opinion but i guess we'll see how that plays out yeah and uh speaking of clay he's next he's 31 he's an enterprise sales and entrepreneur yeah he's very fast on the like Almost like I'll hurt you before you hurt me. Like I, I'm. It get says in his I'm little singing. bio here that he is a self-admitted. Um, he has a huge ego. So if somebody is saying that they have a huge ego, like they're telling you they have a huge ego, like that ego is How the size is of it? the freaking sun. <laughs> okay, like, <laughs> I know. Like, because most people who have like a big ego aren't like that self-aware. Like they're not like, I have a big ego. But like the fact that he's like, oh, I have a huge ego. Like, you know, this guy is really, really thinks highly of himself. Absolutely. He does like become more charming, I think. But like, not enough for me to let any of that go where I'm like, right, mm, you're just happy now. Like you're in you're glad with how things are going. So keep an eye on him. Okay. Next one, Trevor 31. He's a project manager. He has a mullet. Okay. Um, and big <laughs> muscles. Okay. Trevor. I didn't want to like him, but I like him now. Go I ahead. like him. He seems like a really nice guy. Trevor at first, I feel like you get you don't want to like him, like you said, because you're like, oh, not, not not another one of these types. But oh, he actually has grown on me. He's kind of goofy. He's silly. He feel, I feel like he doesn't really take himself that seriously, which sometimes is not good. I, 
I guess we got to wait and see how he does in like a really serious situation. Yeah. But he just seems like a fun guy. Like he likes to joke around. He kind of seems like he's pretty quick on his feet with, you know, humor stuff. So that always is a plus in my book. Um, But yes, he does work out. He has big muscles, but he doesn't seem like the type of person who like cares if other people are into that. So also appreciate that. Totally. I think he he and uh, Kenneth are probably my favorite. They're both more unassuming and just seem genuinely nice. And I don't know. I But we've been fooled before. We've we been fooled Absolutely. before. And, we have. and we're going to get fooled again. Okay. I think this might be one of the last ones. Jeremy. I know it's Jeremy, but his mom decided to spell it J-E-R-A-M-E-Y. Jeremy. Elon Musk's Jeremy. son. <laughs> yeah, he's 32 and intralogistics is his career. Why he just looks like he would be from the Musk family. <laughs> yeah, he he does. He's got some AI something about him. Um there, I appreciate the entire pants that he's wearing, so that is a plus in my book. Yeah. I don't know about him. I don't know about him. I think he's goofy, but like in a way that you'd be like, okay, you can stop now. Yeah. Um, Yes. (laughs) Right. Like it's cute until it's not. And then you're like, okay, grow up. Like, do Um, you have another side or is this it? (laughs) No, he doesn't. Yeah. Okay. And then our last one is Johnny. Johnny, 28 account executive. I like Johnny. He ends up with the, that was who I had mentioned earlier, who ends up with the, what was her name? Amy. Amy. And I said, I thought they were so cute and they genuinely like each other. I think Johnny's a nice guy. I think Amy's a nice girl. I, I'm rooting for them as a couple. I think they'll be great. I am too. I, I agree with you. But although I do feel like it's kind of like a, a very hot and a very hot, a very like, you're everything like like to an extreme where it could could go it very could be hot like to very cold codependency like to the next level where they're just maybe like <laughs> yeah where it's a little or like when one of Amy especially I feel like when she's done with you she's done with you so if you go like it could be very like I asked you to pick up your shoes and now I'm done with you or whatever like it could just be over really quick so yeah I don't know true. I trust nobody in these shows but that's true yeah so that's our overall first round. Yeah, I'm excited now to go finish watching the rest of the episodes that I need to watch. I don't really think uh, there's anything I could do better on such a rainy afternoon. So. I know. I've got two more. I've got their like going out of town or their trip, I think, to Panama or something. Anyway, but so far, I, I can't wait for you to get caught up to where I am because you're going to have some new opinions and I'm excited for it. I can't wait. All right, Melissa. Well, that was our episode for this week. Thank you for joining me. It's not like you have much of a choice. and the same to you (laughs) have a great day and i'm excited for the next one we'll see you back next week same time same place new story have a great week bye